Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pack the House. Uh, today uh, it's just me, Austin, Aaron, and Jason again today. Uh, and this we house are a little less packed, but a little less packed, yes, one, a little space for one. Um, so, uh, today, uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, grieving and what to say to someone who's grieving, what not to say, especially, um, and how, uh, comfort fits into all of this. Uh, so I'm going to read from second Corinthians one, uh, it says Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the church of God that is in Corinth, uh, with all the saints who are in the whole Achaia. Uh, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, Pastor Jason, where are we going today on this uh, podcast? Well, that long sentence didn't clear it up for you? Uh, hey, I think after the last words, that pretty much describes the whole podcast. We're done. Yeah, we're looking for comforting comfort with which to be comforted. Right. Comfort people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our, our topic this week, it, it, again, we're in our Bible-ish series. We've been looking over the past few weeks about uh, things in scripture that, that have a ring of truth to them, that, that, that more than that have some truth in them. Uh, but as we dig down a little bit, common phrases, common ideas, common beliefs that as we dig into them, um, maybe are scripture based, but have some need some need some additional work, some second looks. And so um, this week we talked about a phrase, um, God must have needed another angel in heaven. And it's a phrase that we hear a lot, um, or I hear a lot at least when someone has died. It's a thing that, that gets said very often to people who are grieving. Um, God needed another angel. And so that's why this person has died, right? Um, and we want to talk about then, as, as Austin, you pointed out, um, what does scripture tell us about those who have died? And, and as we read about that comforting comfort to comfort with, um, what might be an action, a little bit more comforting, a little bit more good news uh, that we might share with those around us? Um, so first let's talk about what's the, what's the, why not on that phrase? Why, why not say that thing about God needed another angel? Well, I think there's a lot of things about that phrase that's wrong. Um, the first one is, is that it kind of implies that God killed the person as in God was all like, Hey, I need another angel. I'll just take this one. Yeah. What would that mean about God? If that's the way that he, that he, um, procured angels, he's right. selfish. Like, selfish. what else like he doesn't care about us being here on earth he doesn't care about our, our well-being he's callous yeah it almost makes it sound like uh at least in the phrasing it may not be the way that other people would take it but it almost sounds in the phrasing like as if like god didn't have a plan as to when this person was gonna be needed to be on earth but rather he just like randomly oh i need another angel I'll just take this one and their time is done. Yeah, I'm trying to fill my quota for the day. <laughs> well, and 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 that might be true. He needs more angels. That's perfectly fine. But what sort of a God would need to take my grandma to be one? Yeah. Uh, I said it this way in, in, in my preaching on Sunday. If 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 
getting more angels means ripping a gaping hole in my life. And that's a pretty weak God. Um, that can't do it any other way. <laughs> Absolutely. The other thing too is it, it, it does not, it doesn't value life very much. Um, the idea that there would be that this person who previously was alive as a human now has sort of been like promoted uh, to the real, <laughs> the real job, uh, right. which is not what we see in scripture, right? We see that, that God likes people. He died for people. He created people. He came to redeem people. He wants to improve the lives of people and he wants to resurrect people. <laughs> yeah. It's said that Jesus was an angel and he saved the world by being an angel. It says in that he that came as a, it. yes. Yeah. It's that he came, became a man to come save us as humans. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so we kind of, we, we chopped right through that in like two and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but not that we're going to go and say this to somebody if someone says that to us. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a great point, right? Um, it's, it's fine for us to talk about it in this, in this video. Uh, it's fine for those watching to be hopefully encouraged and built up by it in this moment. Uh, do not go and say it to your grieving friend. If you know, when they, when they say to you or to, you hear them say, God need another angel. Do not tell them no. <laughs> That's not yeah, because I think that, because I think that kind of like gets the focus because it's the whole point of us. I think at least the way that I hear it, especially just dissecting, you know, the whole part of angels is the fact in the statement is that, you know, we, we diminish something about God or take away something about who God is. If we're trying to say something about what we want to believe about a person. And so it's just kind of harder for that person to kind of understand what we're saying, you know, like we're almost taking away more from that person who just passed away to them than we are giving something to God. Because in that moment, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to think about that person who just died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that moment, God does not need you to defend him. Uh, I think is what you're trying to say, Austin. Yes, I'd say that's doing, a great consideration. Doing more harm to the person than you are help to God, and he doesn't need it anyway. Uh, and I think as a person that's, you know, been in a grieving situation, that it's it's also, like, diminishing to my own pain. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're not supposed to be sad because this person's up there and they're an angel now, so you're supposed to be happy. And it's yes. like, well, <laughs> that's not really how this works. <laughs> Since you brought that up, can we can we go in that direction a little bit? Because there's lots of things. I mean, this is a phrase, right? Yeah. Uh, there's lots of things, I think, that people say that have the effect of making me not really able to be sad. Right. Um, what other things come to mind there? Um, this was also, you know, God they're has a, a plan they're in a better place. In a better place. Uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're not suffering anymore. You yeah. Know, these are all like really, I mean, good things. True. Yeah, true things. But at the same point, like in my brain and my grief, I don't, it's, a, it almost makes me think of like when you see on the news, like a school shooting or something and people try and figure out why the school shooting happened. It's like going yeah. back and it's like, can we just deal with what's happening right now? We don't necessarily well, have to figure out why. And you just touched on a big one. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Um, absolutely. Well, I know the reason you're right. It's true. Everything happens for a reason and death right. happens because the world is broken. Right. Um, you know, God does not like or value or have any use for death. He's not doing anything, anything with it. He's not, he has no plan that makes use of it uh, or that needs it to happen. 
it is a problem. It's a salt problem. I'm preaching a little bit in my sermon now, but it's a problem. <laughs> He's in the uh, resurrection business, not the death business. hundred um, percent. And this is important in, if, especially in this context, because when we talk about death, um, we don't have to make it be good, right? Right. We don't have to make it into something that's actually good. Uh, it is okay for you to feel sad. It is okay for your friend to be sad and upset and even angry at God um, because death is ugly and hard. And God can handle it. And God can handle it. And we don't need to make it anything other than what it is because we have a different part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's maybe, maybe this is a good time then to make that transition of, of what can we do or say? Not can, but what, what's a better thing to do? You can say these things. I just wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> what, what, what are better things to do or say? In my experience, like, especially with my non-churched friends, when they're going through something that's very um, grieving, you like loss, loss of a mother or father or something, something very close to them. Um, I just try and show God's hands and feet, you know, so I'll go over, I'll bring them flowers. I'll bring them lasagna, you know, there's just like, Cause doing stuff, people can see that more than they can like hear and process whatever words you're going to say, Yep. you know, and it's easier to show love in those situations than it is to actually like tell somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. And many times can be even more impactful. Yeah. I think for me, the difficulty is, um, you don't always have an established relationship with your neighbor. It might be that because they lost this, you know, this loved one of theirs, that that's how you're actually meeting them. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard of it before somebody else at church. I can't remember who it is, but like well, we met their neighbor. Video anyway. <laughs> yeah. But met their neighbor because like a close loved one died and people were over and they kind of went over and like, that's how they essentially met their neighbor but without an established relationship, I think that's kind of where I try and figure out, like, I feel like it's almost slightly different in the way that you'd respond to someone who's like your childhood best friend versus, cool. you know, someone completely new to you. Um, and so that's kind of where, like, you know, how much comfort can you instill versus how much comfort can you let them feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of what Aaron was saying, I guess. Um, great point. Uh, very, very much true. Uh, one thing I would say about that, and I, you're not, you're saying a similar thing, but one thing I would say about that, we know from Jesus' promise, right, is the kingdom is here and I'm at work, and that didn't change just because I, I ascended back to heaven. Jesus is still at work among us, and as we look, as we follow him around the gospels, we see that Jesus works all the time in situations of death in which he has no personal relationship with that person, um, I'm thinking of like the, the widow's son, for example, and he's literally just passes by the funeral procession uh, or the, the, the daughter of Jairus. He has yeah. no relationship with these people. And yet Jesus work happens in that scenario. And so what am I saying with that is that's probably a question. Lots are thinking. Um, what are we saying there is that uh, even in situations where this death is the first time you've met your neighbor, Jesus can and can be at work in that. And we know because we've seen him do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't let that be the, the barrier or the obstacle. I mean, uh, would it be better if you already knew your neighbor? Yeah, it would. But I don't know all my neighbors and sometimes it, it happens. Uh, don't let the, that 
the fact that this is the first time you're, you're, you're making the step be the barrier because Jesus works in situations exactly like that. Yeah, and I've I mean, actually been, I've, sorry, I've been in a situation like that. And if I didn't know the person that died, the first thing I asked to the loved one is like, tell me about this person mm-hmm. because what they want to do is like, especially I found with my non-churched friends, they feel like a responsibility to keep the memory of the person alive because they don't believe in an after, you know? So the main thing that they want to do is share stories or newses about that person. They want to be honoring that legacy and talking about it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And it conveys a lot of value as well. Mm -hmm. And just that Um, you've asked that you care. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, a great point. Sometimes we think we, we started this with kind of what do we say? I think a big part of the time, that's weird language, <laughs> <laughs> a large part of the time, um, we don't have to say anything. Uh, it's, it, it can be in what we do in the way, as you said, uh, showing hands and feet of Jesus. They will not necessarily recognize those hands and feet of Jesus, right? Um, well, I think they will if they know that you love Jesus. If they know that you love Jesus, Sure. Uh, they may simply recognize it as a lasagna that is tasty and helpful. Possible. And guess what? Uh, Jesus can be at work in that. Yeah. Because uh, well, we hear we hear of, you know numerous times where that was almost exactly the case, where Jesus was just out and about doing you know his work, doing miracles or whatever like that, and you know someone didn't even necessarily see him do a miracle, but they hear about it, and they're just kind of in the right area, and there he is just talking to them, spending time with them, but they have no idea that that's who they're talking about, that, that Jesus is right in front of them. And that's kind of like that same feeling, especially since like, I mean, you probably could, you might have, you know, like a a house decoration or something that might say, um, (laughs) I was assured these lights would stay on. Every time. (laughs) Yeah. Takes a while. Um, uh, Oh man, I'm off track. Ooh. might have a house decoration yeah might have a house decoration something that would kind of insinuate you know that you might be a follower of christ but there's just that like we can't diminish what god can do through any of us by like saying like i don't know what to say or what to do mm-hmm. like if you just to some degree you just got to go over and just do something or and, just be there yeah well i mean say being there is is a form of something but you know (laughs) yeah but like you know i mean two different ways of looking at it but basically you know it's just let god work through it and let god work out all the details and everything like that yep yep Mm -hmm. um all right so let's let's though assume we do have the the desire it feels right in the moment to share something of our faith uh, what would that look like? I usually say things like, um, like sometimes I'll ease the burden and I'll be like, I know you don't believe in this, but I'll pray for you and I'll pray for your family. You know, like that's what I say to a lot of my non-church people, like church people. I think they feel comfort when they, somebody says, I'm going to pray for you and your family, you know, but yeah, non-Christians, they kind of don't get that, but just to put that out there and be like, I'm still gonna. <laughs> Sometimes I phrase it and I use the phrase, um, not sure what this will mean to you, but I'll pray for you. I say that too. Yeah. Um, 
the other thing I've started to do lately is, is in addition to I'll pray for you or um, is, is, would it be okay with, with you if I add you to our prayer list? Oh, that's smart. And what I like about that is that I'm going to quit bobbing in my chair. Um, what I like about, is it okay if I add you to our prayer list is it, it conveys, I hope, uh, there's a group of people who, who care about this and, and care about you and want to do a thing they at least think is valuable, even though you don't know them and they don't know you. Mm-hmm. A sense of community that, you know, yeah. cares about everybody or should care about everybody. <laughs> um, and is specifically going to be caring about you. Right. In, yeah. In at least that one moment. Yeah. And I think that another way for me, the way that this comes out, sometimes a little bit easier it's usually but it also can be a tough one for some people and you know i guess people can take it different ways but not necessarily like going off a whole spiel about like your grandma you know saying well cool your grandma sounded it sounds great sounds reminds me of my grandma who passed away or whatever i mean i wouldn't go like talking for hours about my grandma but basically to say you know I've experienced, you know, something similar, but I can't imagine how you, I can't, I don't know exactly how you feel about it, but I just know that, um, you know, I, my faith and the way that my grandma raised me, you know, meant so much to me and where, you know, and what I know uh, to be true about her, you know, and it sounds like, you know, your grandma had some great things that she's taught you over her time that you got to spend with her. Nice. Yeah, just showing yeah. empathy is always, I mean, that's mm-hmm. never a bad thing. Showing somebody that you you don't necessarily go through the same thing that they have, but you understand, like you understand. It's yeah. the relating by also saying, but there's something different here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go out and say, well, I mean, you think this, but I, you know, I actually believe in God. So, you know, but it's, it's sort of just that like, <laughs> I know my grandma's of, in heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's that opening of conversation or kind of like that, like, you know, kind of letting them know that there is a peace that they can find in this, you know, because for some people, depending on who it is that died, it could be a longer time that it takes for them to get over that, you know? Very true. I think that's, that's always my mindset is I believe peace exists in this. Mm-hmm. It is available to you. And if it's, if it's attractive to you, go after it. Um, and if it's not right now, then just tell me no whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. The same thing with the prayer one, right? We're going to, I'm going to pray for you. This community of believers is going to pray for you. If that does anything for you, fantastic. If not, it, uh, sorry, it won't hurt. <laughs> right. I mean, oftentimes even at other churches, you know, even at our church, you know, like if there's any way that we can actually support them too at times, you know, like in times of actual need after the, something like that happens or, you know, cause like, I think that's, it almost kind of, kind of comes down to uh, love languages in a way where it's kind of like, maybe there's a felt, uh, you know, felt way that someone can, you know, cause sometimes words is just, you know, like you said, like that kind of means something like that kind of, you feel something about that, but other times it's like, a community that'll do something about it or a community that will do something for me or, you know, like come in, you know, the youth, if a youth group came out and, you know, took care of the landscaping because, you know, the husband died and, you know, isn't there to take care of things, you know, like showing that love and it just kind of, there's different ways that can be presented to them. I also find that like, um, 
sometimes if somebody's in a really bad place, right, saying something to them, their first emetic response is negative, right? But nobody's gotten upset for you filling their freezer, you know, or mowing their lawn. Like nobody's ever been pissed off that you gave them food. You know what I mean? <laughs> nobody's ever been pissed off that you gave them food. I don't think so. <laughs> so you can decided to say it again. <laughs> He said, can you, can you find another way to say that? No, oh. I said, are we allowed to say that? Oh, are we allowed to say that? <laughs> no, nah, I think Angel probably end up cutting that part out if I'm being yeah, honest. We're just going to be on those black bars over, over your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, teed off. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, you know what I mean? Like when, if you say something to somebody, they could just be automatically shut down, automatically angry. But, yeah, or I don't want to talk right now. Yeah, right. But nobody's going to be mad that you, you know, mowed their lawn mm -hmm. i would not be mad if anybody mowed my lawn <laughs> i don't know i'm if you if you ask chelsea i've got a lot of pet peeves and if you like i'm pretty particular about the lawn so if someone didn't cut it the right height or the blades weren't <laughs> sharpened and i see like i don't know you feel like that's just my about my lawn <laughs> <laughs> Man. yeah so if anyone wants their lawn done right if they ever lose a loved one just call me i will i will focus on it to the nth degree all right so let's uh let's back on track a little bit here yeah uh, and let's as we i think as we wrap up we're pretty close i think um but let's talk a little bit about what is it this what does scripture say about those who have died uh that we might be able to share um and aaron you and i had this had this conversation earlier on before the all the good stuff happens before the recording starts um it, it 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 says different things about those who have died uh with faith in jesus versus those who haven't and we'll come back to your point later on for sure um but we want to just i just want to put that out there as we talk about this that right now we're going to talk about um, those who have died with faith in jesus what does it say about them they're going on to eternal glory Yes. And then what else? It's not the end. It's not the end. Because what is the end? Uh, God? Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> they, they That's what we said? I don't know. What you... <laughs> Just rise. Get up. <laughs> Made sense to me. <laughs> the second coming of Jesus? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just really quickly, a couple places we can look. First, uh, Philippians chapter one, Paul says to depart. I, I desire to depart and be with Christ. That is, when we die, we are with Christ. We're with Jesus. No idea what that means, what it looks like, how it works. We are with Jesus. And that's, that's kind of my go-to is, you know, he's with Jesus now. Um, what comes next? First, for, uh, first Thessalonians 4. We believe that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, and in the same way, he will, he will bring with him, with him all those who have fallen asleep, that they will rise too. So those are kind of our, our, our signposts, we might say, right? They're with Jesus now. One day they will rise, and, and you'll see them again. Right. I do and that. They have, peace. They have hmm? peace, and they yeah. have peace, and we have hope that they have peace. We know? have hope that they have peace, and that while that while they're waiting they have peace and that um at some point they'll rise again i guess that's almost kind of one of those other things that i've always thought about when people say rest in peace um because oh. at, at least in the sense that there's the peace portion of it but 
I think that there's more of like, I don't know, I guess it's restful in the sink that there's not the things to worry about, but I just find that as, you know, maybe almost something else that could be delved into for another 20 minutes or so. It's just kind of, <laughs> is it rest or is it like excitement and, you know, cause I picture more of a party and a, a praising of God, you know, being in his presence and such. I think the restfulness comes from the fact that this world sucks. Like we've fallen, you right. Mm-hmm. And so if you die, you don't have to deal with the crap that, you know, us people that are still here have to deal with. So off the top of my head, I agree with that. <laughs> off the top of my head, I would say two things. The first is we just referenced first Thessalonians where Paul uses the phrase fell asleep. Um, however, we could look, for example, to um, Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weak and weary or heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to you know, put them down for a nap, um, but that he will. And so it could be a little bit of both of those, Austin. It, it, it doesn't necessarily mean kind of nothing is happening, yeah. um, that they are uh, laying down, lounging around, relaxing, but that they have relief from burdens, kind of to Aaron's point, the, the suckiness of the world. Yeah, I just think it was kind of an interesting saying that's been around for so long that, you know. As a, I'm pretty sure that a parent wrote that because as a parent, you know that rest is something that's very fleeting. Mm-hmm. And so the entire time you're a parent, yeah, <laughs> the entire time you're a parent, you're just praying for rest. So when you get to the end and there's restfulness, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rest and peace. I love it. Rest and peace. There. <laughs> Um, so let's uh let's spend a few minutes then on the other side of that equation and Aaron you have a point to make about this which is a good one um obviously we don't necessarily it's harder to say those not harder it's in a sense irresponsible to say those things about about those who have not died with faith in Christ um so let's let's for a moment, let's talk about what do we say there, and then Aaron, you you'll make your your final point. That's a good one. Okay. Um. So what what do we do when and for for purposes of this conversation, let's let's say someone that we are fairly certain, or at least we don't know that they necessarily have faith in Christ. I know it's. I know you're. <laughs> I can see you squirming and, and the audience is going to find out why in a moment. Um, <laughs> but just humor me for, for purposes of conversation. Okay. So what would we say to somebody who de- if, who loved one died who didn't have faith in Jesus? If I can't say. They're, they're in eternal Jesus world. Now, yeah. Um, what, what would you what say? Could be said? And I might have let us down a false path here because this might be. Um, well, they still have the peace. You know what I mean? Like they're not in the world anymore. They're not dealing with the suffering. So they do still have the peace, even true. if they're not with Jesus. So there's that. Perhaps. Um, I would also, I want to backtrack a little bit and say, this is maybe where the, the, the previous part of the conversation comes in handy is, you know, you can still be a good neighbor to them. Oh, you, yeah. You can still show them Jesus, be hands and feet of Jesus mm-hmm. for that person, even as you're not quite sure what 
is the truth about their departed loved one. Yeah, but you don't need to know. Can I, can I tell you? Okay. You're, I know you're okay. Go okay, ahead. So you don't need to know the truth. Like if it's comforting to their loved ones to tell them that they might be in eternal glory, you don't know if they are or they aren't. So to tell them that is still not like horrible, you know? So yes, uh, I like okay. the way you, I like a lot better the way you phrase it this time around. Okay. Uh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> not, that, not that you're trying to like impress it's less me. aggressive this time <laughs> <laughs> i was ready to I ring the bell and have I mean, yeah, there was there was there was less less shouting but uh, <laughs> what i and what i liked better about it was not that it was less aggressive what i like better is that it it works better quite honestly yeah um, what i what i hear you doing and what what is true is we can still hold again i would i would back up to First and foremost, be a good neighbor, be there for them. It is also possible to still hold out the promise of eternal life for those who trust in Jesus, mm -hmm. even if I don't know that that person necessarily did. Yeah, uh, because we are not omnipotent. We are not omnipresent. We don't know. That's true. Bef like right before, the second before they took their last breath, they could have in their brain loved Jesus. And that counts. So, that counts. Yeah. So we don't know. So if it gives somebody else comfort to say they might be in heaven, I don't know, which is what I say all the time, mm -hmm. then I don't see it as a bad thing. I'm not going to automatically condemn somebody just because they lived a life that was not following Jesus because there's the thief on the cross. It is not about the life they lived. I will hundred percent right. agree, agree with you there. Right. Um, the it's about if they loved Jesus before they took their last breath and nobody right. knows their mind right. or their heart. Um, except for God, nobody knows. So there is always that chance. That's yeah. absolutely true. Um, what is also true is that whether they did or not in that last moment, you know, give their life to Jesus, the promise of eternal life for those who trust in Jesus is still a valuable one for the person you're speaking to. That's true. Uh, it's still available to them, regardless of what happened with them, with their, with their loved one. So there's value in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a mother-in-law that didn't love Jesus. She didn't go to church. And my kids ask me all the time, where's grandma Deb? And I say all the time, I don't know. I hope she's in heaven. Mm -hmm. I think that's we, a, I think that's a solid answer. Yeah. And we have that hope. Like God gives us that hope that we don't know what's going to happen after we leave this plane. And after we leave this planet. And so there could, there's probably going to be more people up there than what we think is going to be up there. Absolutely. Our, our limited human knowledges. Mm -hmm. so. Very true. And I, I, I think that answer walks a, a really fine line pretty well. So we want to walk the fine line of like being faithful to what scripture says, right? Those who don't trust in Jesus aren't with him. Mm -hmm. And also that it, it is up until the very last instant, not too late to trust him exactly and so who knows what may have happened and i certainly agree i hope whoever it might be i in this case your mother-in-law i hope she is too i think that's great <laughs> so it, it's a perfectly good answer in my in my mind because at the end of the day god loves those non-church people just as much as he loves us yes so he There's wants all, all of us to be up there mm -hmm. and he's gonna do everything in his power to get those people up there Yep. including 
last breath Jesus confessions, you Absolutely. know? So that's just my thought. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Okay. I just All right, well, a little bit more uh, around it. <laughs> He's afraid if he doesn't agree with me, I'm going to come through the computer at him. That's uh -huh. <laughs> he might show up next week. <laughs> then we'd be down well, to two. <laughs> I think we had a great conversation, and I think uh, there's a lot that we can all take away from this. And obviously, the conversation can always continue uh, both with those of us here uh, on the Facebook page, uh, but also with our neighbors, uh, with those church and unchurch to continue to talk about this and to continue to um, seek out God's will for, you know, how he's going to use us with uh, those who are around us. And I just appreciate all that uh, both of you uh, had to share with us today and uh, kind of the uh, what was maybe at the beginning a slight uh, heated debate, uh, but now has turned into uh, just some really good fine points to uh, think about. But uh, I just think this is an awesome time. And uh, Pastor Jason, would you mind uh, praying us out? Absolutely will. Heavenly Father, thank you for the promises that you make to us, uh, especially the promises that come around this very difficult question of, of people we love who have, who have died. Uh, we thank you for the promises of your word, especially that those who, who trust in you are, are resting with you and will rise again. Uh, we ask that you would, uh, whether it's in situations of grief or any kind of pain, that you would open our eyes to ways that we can be your hands and feet, uh, and that also where it's appropriate, we can share some hope and encouragement. Lord, we also trust you for all those uh, who, we, who we love and care about who don't yet follow you, and who maybe even got all the way to death without, even, without any evidence that they did. Uh, we give them into your hands. We trust in your mercy. We know that you want them um, like a father with open arms. And so we simply uh, trust in you for that. Uh, but also, uh, Lord, we ask that uh, for those who are still with us, you would open opportunities that they might come to know you, that we would not have to wonder in that way. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, Jason and Aaron, and uh, we hope to You're see welcome. you guys back uh, next week as we wrap up the Bible-ish series, uh, and we'll uh, see you then. Bye, Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this, or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.